up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are back here in the city of Portland, Oregon, as usual, in the Living the Dream studios. D-Boy, what's the deal? What's good, brother? What's good? Man, happy to be here behind this microphone. We got so many things to dig into. Hopefully, we get to it all. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But I would imagine we'll probably get to whatever we want to get to and whatever yeah, we, we, we have to say. We know how to, to keep say, it moving and you, keep it covered. You know it's going to be value in what it is that we have to say. But, um... Quick announcement, this coming Friday, October 4th, is the Street Roots Family Breakfast. I've been talking about this breakfast for a long time now, and I'm telling you, it is going to be a treat, a 100% treat. We've already got about 500 tickets bought. We had to get a little bit of extra space and add a few tables to the breakfast because it's a lot of people coming. We have a special surprise of somebody who will be coming to actually do the welcome. He'll be one of the people coming to do the welcome. I won't necessarily say who it is, but I mean, hey, why not? I'll hint at it. It's a United States senator. I'll just hint at it and say it's a United States senator senator that will be coming to the breakfast and be doing the welcome he just confirmed this week. So Bruce got some big connects, huh? Uh, we we doing I mean, all right. We doing like all right. Dealing with some real credible sources. We're doing all right. I mean, we definitely we've been around for a long time. We've fought for a long time, and we we I think our journalism is phenomenal. Like a lot of people really consider Street Roots to have the best journalism in the city of Portland. Like we definitely have what I would call, I mean, it's a real following, but in some cases that cult following right. when it comes to supporters of Street Roots. But we're also just always working harder and trying to fight harder and really trying to elevate as an organization with the purpose of really, you know, bringing up the homeless folks and really allowing them to have more of a voice in the community because we know homelessness, amongst many other things, are big issues right. in today's society. In many so, places. In many places. And, you know, it's getting a lot of national coverage right now. But, yeah, we, we definitely, we're making a push at some things. And I think it's kind of interesting because we'll it'll be more than just that particular senator, but it'll be a lot of elected, elected officials that will be in attendance at the breakfast, if we're just being honest here. And... We always have elected officials there. This year will be kind of a special year because it's the 20th anniversary. But there's no denial. I mean, there's no doubt, excuse me, in my mind that, you know, some of these elected officials are figuring out, hey, we got to get a little bit closer to street routes because we're just months away from the year 2020. And we all know the year 2020 is an election year. So yeah, with that, year. it's big a big year. year for politicians. It's a big year for elected officials. Mm -hmm. And they've got to really dig hard into the community and working with the organizations and working with the people that are really out there doing the work right now that are really out there touching these communities out there, having an impact on these communities. Because for one, 
You want to get voted or reelected for some people. You want to get voted in for other folks. You just have to kind of know how to maneuver. So I'm not going to sit here and deny the fact that, you know, I, while I think a lot of elected elected officials really respect and appreciate the work that we do, I think that there's a dynamic there being that the year 2020 is really pretty much upon us now. We're just a few months away and that's an election year. So politicians have have got to get out there and really start connecting more with the community and really connected more with the organizations that are really doing the groundwork right now. I agree. Well spoken. So let's get into some content, D-Boy. You know what I'm starting with. I don't know what you're starting with. <laughs> I'm starting with LeBron James getting Governor Gavin Newsom to sign the SB206 bill, which is basically going to be called the Fair Pay to Play Act, mm. where NCAA athletes will be allowed to get paid off of their names, their images, and their likeness. Mm. Now, just last episode, I had my guy Justin Myers come on and join the show, and we actually talked about college athletes getting paid, and that was more so coming off of the statements that Tim Tebow had made on first take. Justin kind of followed those tweets and those sentiments um, when, you know, it initially came out and the discussion was really kind of at the forefront because of the Tim Tebow clips. But obviously, Justin and I had a radio show before, and we've argued about this mad times on the radio show whether athletes, college athletes in particular, should be able to get paid or shouldn't be able to get paid. Obviously, like I said, you know what side I'm on. I want to see guys get played. So paid, this is paid, a paid excuse paid. me. You didn't hear not played. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> Definitely to get paid. not played. I had to clear that one. Yeah, but yeah. I but I want to see these guys get paid. So this is obviously a step in the right direction. And I think this definitely kind of throws a wrench in some things as far as the NCAA is concerned and how things have been ran prior to get uh governor gavin newsom signing this bill um but i think it's actually a little bit deeper than that and i want to talk about more than just this in particular but starting off with this topic i kind of want to talk about advocacy work because lebron james obviously probably the most famous athlete in the world today I would say he's been in the most songs. He's in the most media. He's in the L.A. market. He's won championships. He's arguably the best behind Kobe, who recently retired. And, you know, Michael Jordan, he's just it's too many ways. Too many ways. I I would say he's probably the most famous uh, player or athlete in the world, essentially. And he didn't play in the NCAA either. He came straight out of high school and went straight to the NBA. So there's really no allegiance there when it comes to LeBron and the NCAA based on school pride, school spirit, the experience. You know, that's a, what that's things that a lot of people talk about um, when it comes to why they still do appreciate and are grateful for the time spent playing college ball because of those types of things. But mm-hmm. LeBron didn't do that. But who better than LeBron to advocate for athletes to be able to get paid being that he has the name, the fame, the image, the likeness, and all these other things that he has as an athlete, and he's so well connected to really all generations of athletes, but especially this younger generation coming up. He's got a son in high school. He's 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 wrapped up into the AAU world. He's touching all generations of athletics. So 
the reason why I want to talk about advocacy work is because I do advocacy work myself and there's been a lot of things happening. Some we've even covered on this podcast that have taken place in regards to these things. So as I mentioned, we talked about this on the last episode. LeBron is able to advocate for athletes, be able to get the governor to come on his television show and sign this bill. That was a big deal. Now, one, another thing we haven't covered, Timbers Army. We had Dr. Jules Boykoff just a couple of episodes on this podcast come on and talk about the iron front flag that had been banned by Major League Soccer uh, when it came to uh, the fan conduct at these games. Timbers Army got connected with many of these other kind of uh, fan support groups for other Major League Soccer teams. They connected with Antifa, who obviously is directly connected to the iron front flag. Um, and they really symbol and all of that. Yeah, and they really advocated for this symbol for this flag to be able to no longer be banned by Major League Soccer. Guess what happens? It got banned and then lifted. It got lifted. So that's another thing that I want to kind of connect to advocacy work. And then there was actually some content that I was listening to recently. Um, it was the Revolt Summit in Atlanta, and it was a conversation. It was all black people on the panel. Um, you had the rapper Killer Mike. You had the rapper T.I. Killer who both are, in on that who panel. Both are I activists. Know what talking about. They're both activists. You had Candace Owens, who's been a far-right activist. Some of you know her for kind of her, ble- her Blexit strategies. She had a lot to say when Kanye was in that mode of supporting Trump, things of that sort. She's become this far-right commentator that many black people hate, but nonetheless, she is black. You had uh, Katrina Pearson. She was a spokesperson, black woman, for Donald Trump's presidential campaign. And you had a few other people on the panel as well that obviously their names hold some weight for them to be able to be on that panel. But as you mentioned, Killer Mike killed the panel. But you want to know... Killed it. But you want to know why Killer Mike killed the panel? Because you have these far-right commentators... Um, and these far-right supporters that are African-American. Then you have, I don't know if you would want to call them left, independent, you name it, but you could at least say you have these not-so-far-right activists and supporters that are on the other side of the argument, and you kind of saw this back and forth between the two, mainly T.I. and Candace Owens. Katrina Pearson got in there a little bit. Some other folks got in there a little bit. Even the host, Jeff Johnson, you could tell he was trying to kind of moderate the whole thing, but he still would take a jab or two with some of the questions in the statements that he had towards some of the far-right panelists. But you know why Killer Mike was able to take over that entire panel and really be the highlight? He owned it. But do you know why he was able to be the highlighting? I I want you to tell me what you saw. I thought it was just the fact that I was fascinated with how much knowledge he, like factual knowledge that he had and how he was able to, bring that where pe- it was like jaw dropping to hear it you feel me it's like he confidently took over and knew exactly what he was talking about i agree really smart guy very well versed very very well educated i would even damn near call him a historian was, at this yeah, point I, with the knowledge that he had but you know what i think it was that took the cake okay candace There's a lot of shit that you're saying and a lot of shit that Katrina Pearson is saying that I don't necessarily agree with. But there's also some things that you're saying that do happen to be true and that I do happen to agree with. T.I., you're my friend. 
majority of the shit you're saying, I tend to agree with as well. Some of the things you're saying, maybe not so, but we know what it is. Him and T.I. are good friends. They know what time it is when it comes to each other, how each other thinks, how each other feels when it comes to these uh, types of issues. And but the respect you know, they have for each other on the panel. But you know where Killer Mike killed took it. over the panel <laughs> and killed it. Where? He talked about, he basically bridged the gap between the two. And he said, the problem is, instead of these far right panelists and these far left panelists or these not so right panelists going back and forth, we need to take the good from what you said. We need to take the good from what you said. We need to take the good from what you said. We need to bring it all together. We need to create a plan of it. And this is what we need to bring forward to these politicians that are running for office and tell them that this is what we need for you to be able to get the black vote. He advocated for black people only. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. all he did. He advocated for only the black race. He's saying we're all on this panel, regardless of what side we're on, what we agree or disagree with. We all we, have something, we to, all give have to, something to, to give and something to bring to the table. And we all are black. And by him really advocating for just black people, and that's it. While some people might say, yeah, a lot of these yeah, he politics... He made it not even innocent. about what side. It's it was not more, about it what was side. About we, what we need and what's being brought to the table. But that's why I said... That was advocacy in itself because, obviously, like I said, LeBron, best athlete, of course he's going to advocate for and be the person that can advocate for these athletes getting paid and a difference could be made. Timbers Army, obviously, um, there's a, they've, had, they've been supportive of a lot of political groups. They've been supportive of a lot of organizations, mine included over at Street Roots. They're centered in the city of Portland where Antifa is at. So they have a direct connection a with it. They have, they have a direct connection, yeah, have, connection with uh, Pop Mob yeah. and they have a direct connection with Antifa. And they have a, a house full of people at them games. A huge 20, platform. What, 30,000? How many? Oh, it's, it's yeah, yeah, twenty five about twenty five thousand yeah. a game, yeah. and all of them sell out. That's what I'm saying. You can't so barely get a ticket there. That's my point. But but a big enough group, like you said, huge group, huge platform, direct connections to Pop Mob, direct connections to Antifa. Doctor Jules Boykoff talked about it on two on two episodes ago. So I'd advise you to go listen to it, and they were able to create that change there. Killer Mike. Yeah, we can sit here and talk about Trump. We can sit here and talk about white supremacy. We can sit here and talk about all of these things, but let's just narrow it down to us and advocate for ourselves and basically come and create this plan for us to get the vote. And like I said before, a lot of the work that I do at Street Roots, advocacy is vital in that work. Many of you might have seen me on Instagram a couple weeks ago. Um, it was actually the most love I've got on Instagram in my entire life. But um, I posted a clip. <laughs> I, I, I posted a clip of myself at a press conference. I've talked for a long time about Portland Street Response, um, where we're trying to create a model here in the city of Portland. Really, we just kind of threw a model out there um, where police aren't first responders to mental health crises when it comes to homeless folks or non-criminal matters when it comes or non-violent matters as well when it comes to homeless folks on the street because in Multnomah County in 2017 which is the county that the city of Portland is for some of my Californians and other folks that are listening to this podcast upwards of 50 percent that were arrest of people arrested in the entire county were homeless people and so and every 15 minutes 
the police are getting a phone call about an unwanted person, which is usually a homeless person who's out on the streets, on the sidewalks, etc., etc. Those statistics are entirely too high. So what did we do? We created this Portland Street Response Plan. Now, let's be real. We had no idea that the, that the city of Portland was going to adopt this plan and, and basically create a pilot worth a half a million dollars. We just didn't know that was going to happen. No, we didn't. But the follow-up to that was... Okay, I'm the vendor program manager at Street Roots. Obviously, my executive director, Kyra San, oversees the entire organization. We come up with this plan. We work with um, Portland State's Homelessness and Research Center. We come up with this plan to have homeless people survey other homeless people in the community. Mm. We get all these responses. We ended up getting upwards of 180 responses and... Portland State's Homelessness and Research Center was able to gather all those answers, gather all that information from the homeless community. That's it. (laughs) And create a report basically surveying how the people who will be most affected by this pilot wants to see the pilot ran. And that's what that press conference was all about. You had the mayor there, Commissioner Hardesty there. You had all a few different elected officials there, but those two in particular, um, um, Commissioner Kafori, Deborah Kafori was there. So you had all these politicians, elected officials here to come to this press conference, and now the voices of the homeless community is who's going to be heard. And like I said, that's advocacy work. So now essentially the city has a much easier job when it comes to creating a plan that the people actually want, instead of them creating plans based on what they think the need is of the people. You go straight to the source. You go straight to the homeless community. Killer Mike is saying, let's go straight to the African-American community. LeBron is saying, let's go straight to the athletic community. The Timbers Army, let's go straight to Pop Mob. Let's go straight to Antifa. So I really just kind of wanted to bring all of those different topics together because I think there's one common theme there, and that is advocacy is definitely a way to go right now. I agree. Well spoken. I like how you bridge that and put it all together. Yeah, and I had to because we weren't here last week, and I definitely wanted to touch on some of those things because we've been covering it. But I do want to know, what are your thoughts as far as just kind of what you've read, what you know about this new bill being signed? Do you think it'll affect the state of Oregon soon? Kind of what as are your thoughts on that? 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like... And I'm going to compare it to how I've seen what happened with the marijuana industry and where you've seen it start getting passed in, I think, Colorado first and yeah. Oregon. And now it's... California, them, yeah, Washington. Cali- exactly. I think it's kind of... That's the new wave where it starts somewhere and from there, other people catch on, especially when you can't give a good explanation as to why not. They're doing it. It's more of an eye-opener thing. Like It's kind of like when a teacher asked to see a show of hands the boom 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 and then it's like once that first person go up then everybody else like right 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 right. i just think that uh other people are gonna follow suit and i think portland is very oregon really though yeah i think i think oregon is very aware i think because portland is such a sports you know dominated place that's why i say that but obviously you got corvallis eugene which are heavy with the 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 teams and the organizations from oregon are very aware and very much a, a big part of the NCAA community, 100%. if you ask me. So with that being said, uh, I think that it's definitely going to be maybe even a little bit of pressure for it them to move faster than maybe even other states. So um, 
that's my opinion that I think this is a start of something good. And obviously, I agree with it. The NCAA makes too much damn money. And these players are the entertainment of that. Yeah. That's outside of what they what these schools are getting paid just for people who are going to the school. I'm right. talking about strictly the NCAA. So I think it's a time for it. And I think, uh, you know, I think it's deserved by certain athletes. And it's NCAA for these star players is so close to the next level that they need to start understanding and being familiar with agents, money management, endorsements, all of these different things that they're not learning in class. Let's be honest. They're no, traveling they're not. and they're not getting that. It's so interesting think- you say that because last week on last episode, Justin was saying that um, that colleges need to just make professional sports or basically make a major out of professional sports so that people can essentially learn what the business is like at the next level. And um, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah what the That's business crazy. is like at the next level. But going back to the California to Oregon thing, I think Oregon could be one of the next three to five states. That's why I said. They're going to pass be faster a similar than others. And, and, and obviously, I mean, if I want to simplify it to its simplest form, California and Oregon, the states touch. Mm-hmm. If we go, they, 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 the states literally touch. Like the the, the borders, you, you cross out yeah, of the California say, border. Bye, Oregon, and welcome to Oregon. Cali. Exactly, and vice, versa. and vice versa. So that's kind of just a real simple way of putting things. But then you just think all the way across the board. Um, the, the connection that the states have, Oregon is starting to become a lot more prominent in the tech world. You have some Oregonians who absolutely hate the fact that there are so many Californians moving into the state and kind of, you know, changing some things, just to say it in a nice way. Definitely making it build, making the rent increase. You think all the way to if we're talking athletics in in particular, you think all the way to the tip top, Damian Lillard being from California and now playing for the Portland Trailblazers. But going back to the NCAA, University of Oregon. Their best recruits come from California. They're not really getting the guys in Texas. They're not really getting the guys in Florida. Yeah, they got to get the California yeah, they guys. They're on the West Coast for sure. It's, it's, it's that. And even like even connecting it just this past week, I did another press conference that I actually helped coordinate with the director of communications over at Multnomah County because... Donald Trump is basically trying to get folks in L.A. on Skid Row and trying to get folks in San Francisco, at least for starters, homeless folks. I shouldn't just say folks. Let me be clear that it's homeless folks. He's trying to basically clean the streets, get these homeless folks off of the streets and basically put them in warehouses or unused federal facilities, basically jail like facilities um, to basically clean the streets because he's saying the streets are too dirty. People pay too many taxes, all that kind of stuff on these streets. Now, I'm here in the state of Oregon. I get contacted from the director of communications in Multnomah County because they want to put a press conference with some of the elected officials in the county and some of the organizations that 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 really kind of tie in and deal with homelessness here in Portland. And even some folks with lived experiences as well. A couple of my vendors did a great job speaking about this stuff and basically rebuttal against Trump's idea and Trump's uh, and Trump's theory of warehousing these homeless folks. Mind you, in but California. I can also see where that's where people that support Trump could understand that not being such a bad idea. No, I'm not. When that I'm, condition is already home. No, no you know what I mean? It's like. I, 
I'm not saying there aren't two yeah, sides yeah, to two it. Sides to that. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that there isn't two sides to that. Now I do think it's a bit outlandish. I won't agree with you there. But what I'm just solely saying is Trump made those statements about California, basically Los Angeles and San Francisco. Have we had um, local? kind of conversation about a similar thing happening. Yes, we had Wapato was one of the places where kind of that same ideology was being talked about and discussed here in the city of Portland. And yeah, you had two sides to it. You had some folks who support it, some folks who don't support it. I don't necessarily support the warehousing thing, but what I'm saying is we basically came to the defense of our neighboring state in California, but we were able to localize it in a sense as well. But we went straight to attack Trump <laughs> in this whole deal. Like we went straight for Trump because of the ideology that he had for California, because mm -hmm. we know if it happens in California, we are the next spot that he'll try to kind of implement it's close. that it's same a thing. Second at. Or third. It's Top a close five. second or close third. Top five. five. So we're that next spot. And when it comes to homelessness in particular, some people call the state of Oregon and, and, and the city of Portland the homeless capital. So, of course, it's going to really kind of trickle right over here to Portland because there's definitely a connection there. So I think the state of Oregon, like I said, could be one of the next three to five states to pass a similar bill. New York will probably do it first because New York is already having those kinds of conversations and we know how big and how fast paced of a state New York is as well, how innovative of a state New York is as well. But I could really, really see that connection from California to Oregon, especially when it comes to the Pac-12 where folks can get be getting paid off their likeness pretty soon here in this state. And if that happens... Oh, it does wonders for the state of Oregon. <laughs> you already got University of Oregon, which is Nike University. You've got Portland State, which is already, I think, kind of definitely creating a bigger profile for itself athletically. Some of that I say is a little biased because I cover ball over there, but some of it I'm also seeing firsthand because I cover ball over there. So I could see where the profile is rising when it comes to the athletics program there. So I'm just interested to see I know the NCAA has already made a statement not agreeing with LeBron and not agreeing with this new bill, but I'm interested to see where else this bill gets adopted and how far this is really going to go. And I ultimately want to see these athletes start getting paid. Get your money, man. Next up, we taking it to the rap game, D-Boy. So I'm dishing it straight to you. Shaq versus Dane, baby. Coming up next on what? <laughs> on the Wake Up and Win podcast, I am your host, Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy, last segment, I had to get in my advocacy bag a bit. Now this segment, it's time for you to get into your hip-hop bag. I'm here with it. Shaq this dame, dame this Shaq. I mean, what's really going on, man? What's really going on? First off, I guess, who won, who lost? And then kind of, you know, dig into some of those minute details that you know how to do when it comes to the industry that well, you're I'm so just involved in. I'm going to dive in and explain what I heard and what I feel, and I think it's going to explain who won and who lost. Give Let's it, do it like that. Give it your all. So, first off, even though Shaq was the first person to diss, I heard Damian Lillard's first. I heard it this morning when I woke up. It was on my timeline. I clicked the link. Then I further did my research. 
and I found out that Shaq had this first and what the root of it was off of. It was based off of Dame saying that Shaq was more of an icon and wasn't really taken serious as a rapper, per se, and that he felt like he's a better rapper and really yeah. is getting his credit in that lane of being a actual talented rapper. Yep. No, he he, uh, and, he and, talked and, about that on Joe Budden's podcast. Right. I, I saw and so, that. So I guess Shaq took offense to that and uh, made a diss track. And so I heard Shaq's diss track second. And with Shaq's diss track, it was recorded so terribly. I don't know if it was re-recorded by, you know, and then put on the internet or what, but the quality was horrible. And I'm sure that's not how, I, I mean, it sounded as if he might've recorded it on the voice recorder on his phone type of thing. Did you hear the same yeah, version like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I definitely did. <laughs> okay, so that's the first L for me. Um, the second L for me, which I think you can grasp who, I, who I'm saying lost this right now, is the fact he even took offense to that, for real. It was not said in a disrespectful way on the Budden podcast. I think it was some truth and some credibility and some great points to what Damian Lillard was saying. And finally... Damian Lillard's diss track was entirely good. Anytime, I feel like anytime when two rappers are dissing each other or two artists are dissing each other, anytime you could big up somebody and still diss the hell out of them or talk about yourself to where the other person can't even get that on you, I think you're already one up. And the example of what I'm trying to say is somebody like Drake. He went at Meek Mill. They got into their little diss track. And one of the one of the bars that Drake said is, you getting bodied by a singer, nigga. We know the whole time since Drake been around, he gets that kind of soft singer, not a rapper kind of credibility at certain times. And then he'll hit you over the head with a real, a real banger. Yeah, you feel me? Shit. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I say all that to say that was one thing he took away from Meek. What Meek can't say you a singer dude when he used the being a singer dude play to his advantage to say it's even worse that you're getting bodied by me. I'm supposed to be the singer dude. You feel me? So with Dame big up and him and telling him that, you know, you was supposed you was dominant and I thought you was a cheat code and all of that back in the day. It's like I'ma credit you, but I'ma tell you, you weak for coming for me or taking that wrong and misconstruing it or you feel me you was you was old and weak on the heat when flash got you that championship he you know what he i mean he was dissing him yeah. and i think it was all within reason it wasn't nothing disrespectful he said something about you need to work on your free throw like something like your free throws we all know Shaq got horrible free throws it was one of them things where he played it so well with what he attacked or what he dissed him with that it was just it was it was elite bro it was a very good response track um and i think it showcased i think it's one of his better written songs to be honest yeah like, that's what i felt about it to be honest it, i was impressed it's interesting because i think i'll give Shaq a little bit more credit than you um i actually understand why Shaq did it hell it's hip-hop dame came out and he spoke out and said that he was a better rapper than Shaq. i think that in itself was more than enough for Shaq to make a diss track at Dame. Oh, you're better than me? Well, let's do this. Because mm -hmm. obviously Shaq has a past and Shaq has a history of doing this. Dame, whether he tried to come at Shaq or not, Dame 
is constantly telling people, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Well, when you keep saying you're better than somebody, whether it's true or not, you somebody's going to come. They're going to challenge you, and, and somebody's going to come back for you. And this and this one thing I'm going to say before you finish your point, I just want to say this. Shaq is a cool-ass dude. He gives that cool guy facade. Like, I, I know for a fact, because I heard in a later interview that I saw today that the Trailblazers posted, they talked about it, and they cool as hell still. It ain't no... Tension yeah, or no friction. And so I think it was kind of a big brother move in the sense that, man, that's another play, right? The first day of training camp, you drop this, and going into it, the reporter's talking to you about it. You all over the internet as Body and Shaq. It was kind of one of them plays where it was a lob for real. We know how big Shaq's name is, period. So it was a lob for Shaq, too. It was, it was a lot. It, it worked both ways, it and that's what I'm saying. Shaq it too, created a great. A, a great content going into yeah, first day of practice and training sure. camp. So 100%. I thought that I want to make that clear right now. When you say this, some people miss can screw it and think that people are actually funking. And it's like, this is all within the game of hip hop for real. Yeah. And, and they using that both to their advantage. They cool. They talk on the phone. Dame said it in the interview, like I said, it's, it's no problems. They was cool before and they cool after. Yeah, well, well, the thing is, it's a lot, obviously, for Dame. As you mentioned, Dame doing the music that he's doing going into the season. He probably Recent won't, album. He probably won't drop any music for a while. And we still got to remember, although it's not, yeah, recent album, yeah, too. That, that and helps. we still got to remember, although it's not hip-hop as much, Shaq is still very much so in the music community. He's one of the most popular, like, house electronic DJs there is. There's so much fusion and there's so much intersection between all these genres of music that by Shaq doing that, it helped everybody out there. So I agree there. But I still think you gave Shaq a little bit less credit than he deserved. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you why. If if we're talking sound quality, yeah, but but beyond that, I'm not talking sound quality. I already agree with you on that. That's my point. It was so bad. But that's because because you're an artist. Mm -hmm. As an artist, you can't get beyond that. As somebody who isn't an artist, I can definitely get beyond that. So name me especially three, when it comes to a diss, when it comes to a battle. Name punchlines or something that he talked about, Dame, because I can't remember. Well, 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 let me let me before I even get into the punchlines, let okay. me talk about why I think Shaq deserves a little bit more credit. Where I think Shaq was smart, and where I think Shaq his diss actually did have some impact. Because if the sound quality is bad, one thing I will say: nobody said Shaq's diss was weak. You can say what you want about the sound quality, but there's not a lot of people out there saying that Shaq's diss was weak. And I think part of the, I'm not surprised. And I think part of the reason I'm not surprised where Shaq was smart, Shaq used the same tactics towards Damian Lillard that Damian Lillard used towards Marvin Bagley. When Shaq made, when Shaq made the diss track by that, I mean, Damian Lillard essentially sunned Marvin Bagley because, quite frankly, Marvin Bagley just hasn't had the time to accomplish nearly as much as what Damian Lillard has had the time to accomplish on the court, off the court, you name it. Shaq took that same approach towards Dame because, in all actuality, Shaq is a four-time champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP. Shaq does, Shaq does, Shaq does have platinum plaques. (laughs) So Shaq was able to use essentially the same tactic that Damian Lillard used to win a beef just a couple months ago to come at Damian Lillard and actually have some impact with what his words had to say because Damian. Play, use that play already. I agree with that now, take as well. Now, so 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 if you want to talk punchlines, I just gave you three. Yeah. Hall of yeah. Famer, 
platinum plaques yeah, and yeah. fucking yeah, um yeah. I hear you. Though. You know where I'm going you. with and money you. even too. Yeah, money money yeah. even too because yeah. Shaq's probably worth a little more than Dame right yeah, now. And Dame his name's Dame Dollar. I mean Dame caught that little Dame, 250 million little. I he look. caught it little money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like money too and and regardless and I've heard Dame make comments before on not counting other people's money or or telling people quit counting his money and that's all fine and dandy and that's all cool but his name is still Dame Dollar for one and he definitely if he's in a rap beef he'll go get into his bag and start talking money too so by that Shaq yeah, he, I thought talks, played it he well talks about it a he lot talks more about his money a lot music. more lately yeah, 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 he might say that in an I interview talking to the media folks to yeah, try to he, downplay them but you talking money Dame talking and it's money. all good yeah, I fuck I, with it, but... 250 of them, you better talk to them. It's all good. How could you not? You <laughs> How could you not talk to money? That's what it's there for. So, so it's like, Shaq, I thought, actually played it well. Dame played it genius, though. And the reason why I say Dame played it genius is because, as you mentioned, Dame definitely did speak his truth, but I just think Dame... I thought Shaq was more punchy with what he had to say. I thought Dame... Bar for bar was just far more consistent it was, it was, from from better. from and start to beat, finish. And he had one of them current. You feel me? He's like it was, if Shaq rapped on some old school yeah. classic shit. Yeah, some exhibit yeah. shit or something like that. But <laughs> but 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 it was, what, it where, I it, it, where I think it where I think it showed with some shows. Yeah, it was, <laughs> some uh, West Coast. It, so, it might have been exhibit. Me, me and you. That's exactly what it was. That's exhibit. <laughs> Ain't it? I think so. <laughs> What's the difference between me? Uh, that's no, West Coast. That, yeah, that's West, no, that's, West West, that's not the hook. I'm it's talking West about the, the bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know where I'm going yeah, there. Yeah. But but where Dame was genius is instead of Dame being punchy back, Dame was more tactful. He was punchy, and, and but he was... It was he was, was punchy it was, for sure. It was like Dame... He it was, answered back quick. It for was, it to be as good as it was, he answered it before practice. I'm going to tell you who Dame was. Who Dame... Dame... Did some great. Floyd Mayweather type shit. Great. I would compare the way Dame, I would say, won this battle. So, yes, I'm saying I think Dame won the battle. But the reason being is because I think he did it similar to how Floyd Mayweather fought. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, like you said, one, Floyd Mayweather was quick. And Floyd Mayweather was punchy as well. But Floyd Mayweather was very tactful when it came to showing you how much better he was when it came down to the art of boxing. Right. Fuck a personal jab at you. I know you got money, Shaq. I know you got ring, Shaq. I know you're a Hall of Famer, Shaq. I know you all this, but let me show you this skill that I got. That's what I mean by he used <laughs> That's all where of that to where it couldn't leave no room. And people <laughs> yeah. were saying, damn, he big up him and dissed him and at the same time. At the same, same time, time let me win. show you this skill and let that's me show you, you how much better I am when it comes to the art of hip-hop, when it comes to the art of rap, when it comes to the art of music. That's what I think Floyd Mayweather was as a boxer. Somebody, when he got in that ring, he was better than you when it came to the art and the science of the sport. Shaq, I just thought, was real punchy. And, you know, who? I mean, it's safe to say Shaq, you know, he's probably pretty rusty as well. I think Shaq could have done an even better this, but he's probably very the rusty. Quality. <laughs> the quality was fucked up. The quality. <laughs> quality, the sound quality was fucked up. But like I said, I think beyond that, I think Dame just earned a higher level of respect as an artist and as a rapper. But I don't necessarily think Shaq got told, 
you need to end your career. You need to end your career, your rap no, career. You're done. It wasn't that. It wasn't a career ender. It was a good play for both of them. And like I said, I do think Shaq was punchy, and Shaq was he he tried to be strategic and doing the same thing to Dame that Dame did to Marvin Bagley. But Dame circled back on his ass, and 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 he got strategic, and he showed that Shaq when it comes to this crap, Bagley, that Bagley shit. That's, was- Bull. And Bagley had good sound quality. That's yeah, my point. I know, I know. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. Shaq was better than Bagley, and I think the reason why was because Shaq saw how Dame won that battle and tried to beat Dame that same way. But Dame showed, I know how to counter, baby. So yeah. well, I got to give it to Dame, Dame on that one. one. I got to give it to Dame on that one. Undeniable. Next up, we got the Take an L segment, so y'all keep it locked. It is the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Wait, wait, didn't Shaq just take that? No, I'm just playing. Shaq took the L, yeah, though. That's what you want. <laughs> nah, that ain't what I'm going with, but I'm just saying, man. We, we just gave an L out, so y'all getting double and triple L's today. It's all good. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Taking L's, baby. Losses, lessons, all that. All it's that. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> it I is. Like it. It's a good segment. It's definitely a good segment. Hell, Boykoff, you know, Jules Boykoff is listening to every episode of this podcast yeah, from that's start to finish. That's, that's phenomenal. Very first one. It's like episode 80 or something like that. We on right now. 80, 80 or 81. It's been going, it's been going, going. for a while, but, but, but even beyond that, this is a really fun episode. It's one that I enjoy. Um. Yeah. You. We. we Episode we, or segment. You said segment. A, you know okay. What I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Segment, I'm, I'm just catching you, know you today. I'm on you. Keep. Keep at I'm it. I'm on keep you. Keep at it. Keep <laughs> at it. Keep at it. Segment. I just got done talking about episodes just before that. But yeah, back to the taking L segment. We give you winning formulas today. We've already given you the winning formula on advocacy work. We talked about LeBron. We talked about Killer Mike. We talked about Street Roots. We talked about Timbers Army. Advocacy really can be a shaker and mover in today's political climate, even more so in some in some cases than elected officials can be because they got to work with the advocates and the shakers and movers to be able to get where they want to be, essentially, which is one thing. And then hopefully if they're really genuine at their job and what it is that they're trying to do, they can implement some of those things, as we saw with Portland Street response being implemented in the city's budget for next year, that pilot getting a half a million dollars. So advocacy work we got in that bag we got in the dame versus shack bag we and, and for me i feel like i talked about when and, and we did actually because you mentioned how big this was for both of them as artists both of them as rappers being able to get this buzz that they got and you're 100 right there they both left out of this as winners but if we're talking mano y mano one yeah, verse one right it then was a loss in the form of it the was music, a loss in the form of the music the ultimate thing ultimately it, they both won being able to kind of create the noise that they were able to create today and so I, I get that I respect that there was a win there and I thought Shaq actually had a winning formula D-Boy didn't give Shaq as much credit as I did because he couldn't get over the engineering the Shaq's mm-hmm. diss track um, but that's because D-Boy also just dropped an album recently so he's been probably working with engineers left and right you was just in la how many damn times last month Man. going to see your engineer so yeah, right now so, you're you're yeah, freaked I'm, out on I'm, the engineering I shit i couldn't get past <laughs> you can't you're you're like freaked out because you had to just drop an album where you needed your sound to be a one because you dropped an album and i totally right. respect that i'm not so much in that space so i kind of 
kind of looked at things. I got past that, past that and heard it for what it was, essentially. But I thought Shaq actually had a winning formula by taking Dame's winning formula. Dame had an even better formula by flipping the whole thing and, and, and basically being super tactful and just showing that, Shaq, I'm just better than you at this craft. But now let's talk about who's taking a loss this week. D-Boy, you want to get it started? I'm going to let you start it. I'm going to let you drive the boat on this one. I'll get it started. I'm giving an L to my man Omar Cerulli. Many of you may not know who Omar Cerulli is. He's actually a personal friend of mine. He's uh, back home from the 707. He has his own podcast, the Open Invitation Podcast, where him and his boys say a bunch of reckless shit about the NBA. (laughs) I I, I always... I listen to it. I, I definitely am entertained by their POVs and their points of views. I don't agree with a lot of what they have to say, but that's what it, that's why we're here. And that's why we do the work that we do. And everybody has a POV. And sometimes people have unique cases and unique takes. And I think he's one of those guys that could really hold a strong take, even the ones you don't agree with. But he and I actually made a wager. And I'm not going to quite tell y'all what that wager is. But it is a wager that we made nonetheless. So the L that I'm giving him is for the future because uh, this wager has not the result of this wager has not come to fruition yet and it won't come to fruition in due time but really i just wanted to kind of spark this conversation too because we just had media day training camp has started it's october now nba is just a few short weeks away and the wager was he says that the golden state warriors will not have a better record than either three of these teams, the Houston Rockets, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Los Angeles Clippers. I repeat. Sorry for that He said, go go for it. He said, (laughs) the Golden State Warriors will not have a better record than one of these three teams. Than either of them three teams. Than either of these three teams. He'll be in fourth place at minimum. Behind those teams, and he, he all, said they might not West, be a right? playoff team, but that's a yeah, whole different. They're all West. Named, so you saying he, they, the Warriors will at least be in fourth place this year? One hundred percent. That's oh, that's bogus. Why you why you think that's bogus? Because man, listen, the Warriors got rid of the bet. Like I'm gonna tell you this right now. I was thinking about this this morning for some just strange reason, Caddy. Getting rid of Durant, if I had to go across the league. And see who I would replace Durant with. I'm gonna tell you right now that D'Angelo Russell is one of the killers I would consider, Cuddy. When I'm talking about he's a killer, he got touch on the jumper. He he could drop. He's a killer, and it's like it's a few people. I might have took James Harden over him or a couple people if that opportunity presented itself. But I'm not mad with D'Angelo Russell no, 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 filling no. them shoes. And like the picture you posted on Instagram the other day with Clay and Steph. And Russell, I'm and Draymond, and Draymond four I'm still not mad at that lineup. Yeah, <laughs> not I can't at all. Call them a fourth place team. <laughs> now, you now, now, I mean? now, my thing is this: his argument is that the Warriors aren't deep. They lost Iguodala. They lost well, Livingston. They took a downgrade. They messed it up with the Rockets. That, you think they, it was the Rockets? The Ro- I think it, they're going to have Tell a better more. record than the Rockets. And who you said the Rockets, the Lakers, and the Clippers, and the, and the Clippers too. They're going to have a better record than the Clippers. 
Kawhi might not play for half the damn season knowing him. I, Paul George is already out for the early part. I think they could have a better record than all three solely because I think that... I think the Lakers is the just, hardest to do. Those you three got teams Anthony just, Davis and LeBron on the same team with Rondo and... Uh, Rondo? Rondo, Rondo is done. Rondo, Rondo ain't done. Rondo ain't done. He's done. He don't do nothing for that team because... Who else they got over there? Kuzma. Kuzma, okay. And Danny Green. Danny Green. <laughs> They're not that good, is what I'm trying to get at. Listen, 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 listen. They are not elite. They're not. That is not an elite team. Those are two elite players. Those are two elite players. LeBron with the supporting cast. That's that's we. You didn't just name. You weren't convinced by anybody. You just named on this. Rondo, Danny Green. I'm convinced. Kuzma good too. Kuzma's good, but but for one, they can't shoot. I mean, Danny Green can shoot, but that's somebody else too. Dwight Howard. Are you serious? He's not done. Dwight Howard is barbecue chicken. He <laughs> is done. He is, he is done. <laughs> it's over for Dwight Howard. He's over. done too. He gonna, they I'm, got JaVale my, McGee. My I, 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 think, I think he's going to play good. If and anything, JaVale, I think if anything the I think only team. Deep. I think they're deep. The only team they're that deep. I think could potentially. I actually disagree with you. The team that I think has more potential to have a better record would be the Clippers. A lot of the reason is because what they can do defensively. They got elite defenders Lakers essentially top to bottom. This year, the Lakers, I think, is going to be fun to watch, but I think they can be beat. They're I think the Blazers good, can have a better le- record than the Lakers. I think the Nuggets can have a better record than the Lakers. And I think the Warriors can have a better record than the Lakers. And the thing about the Warriors, where I feel like people, people don't understand that the Warriors' style of play, especially in the regular season, is going to put them ahead of other teams in being able to win regular season basketball games. The defense, the physicality, all of that stuff comes later. That comes in the playoffs. That's when you definitely need your Clay Thompsons of the world who can come in and be a lockdown defender, be a physical force. That's when you need the elevation of Draymond. But when it comes to the Warrior style of play, Obviously, still having the most lethal shooter, lethal shooter we've ever seen in Steph Curry. Obviously, and having another All Star, as you would call him, a killer who can shoot the rock, who can push the rock, who can play well in the open floor. In D'Angelo Russell, and you have somebody in a Draymond Green who can play on the perimeter as well, and who can be a big man and can rebound the ball and push the break and lead the break as well. You got three floor generals on the court. For a team that likes to spread the floor, that is going to do numbers for the Golden State Warriors, especially in the regular season. Like I said, playoff time, it's a different animal. You have to be able to strategize a little bit different. Guys play a little tougher. Guys play a little bit more D. Refs let guys get away with certain things that they may not let guys get away with in the regular season. But when we're talking regular season basketball, I feel like the Lakers, the Clippers, and even the Rockets are going to have a tougher time gaining chemistry when it comes to learning a new style of play because at the end of the end of the day, all their styles of play are being adjusted. And if anybody's is being adjusted the least, I would probably say the Rockets just because they play that open floor type of ball too. And so Russell Westbrook at least can play up and down. He can play at that tempo. He can play in the open floor. He just can't shoot it like Chris Paul should could. But I don't think they necessarily have to adjust their play too, too much. I just think that where their problem might be is they need to still let James Harden be the primary ball handler. 
I don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to be able to kind of succumb to that <clears throat> and allow Harden to do what Harden's been doing the last few hey, years. Uh, That's where I think they Lakers have a problem. Lakers for a championship 2020, and if not, the Blazers. Then one of the two champions this season. Lakers are the Blazers? That's Lakers who you got your money on? That's who I got my money on. That's who you got your That's money definitely on. Definitely, I'm putting my uh, underdog team on to win it all this year. The Blazers. You think the Blazers is better than the Warriors? I think they got a chance. You think they're better than the with Warriors? With the additions and with their camaraderie, yeah. I think they got a chance. Do you think they're better than the Warriors? Nope, but I think they yeah. can beat them in the series. <laughs> they got, but that's what I'm saying. Be, I don't. Like, it's bad. You know how basketball go. Uh, I don't know. It, it gets tough in them playoffs. It gets tricky, know, it get tricky in the playoffs. They got, and that's they got what, Draymond still. They got Draymond. Draymond is an anchor. He's an anchor. one of the greatest that's, defensive that's players we've ever seen yeah. who also can translate that. His, he can still. translate his defensive skill set into being a floor presence, general. His, his whole presence. presence. And it that's matters, what I'm saying. Man. In the that's regular season, and that's, and that's my point. In the regular season, that is going to put the Warriors a level up in comparison yeah, to other teams. He lost. He took the L. He took the he L took there. The L. Who you got taking the L, D-Boy? Man, who I got taking the L is whoever damn name on my fantasy football team is Bel Air Swag. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I play in a fantasy football league of 10 people, 10 teams, and uh, we've been at it for three years now. Um, it's the same group of guys, all of whom I either know or have met a time or two. Um, it's through my good partner, Trevor Thurn and uh, out of all out of all the years, the first year I started off and I really struggled. I basically sucked, and then I got the grasp of it, got the hang of it, because that was my first year ever playing. Second year, which was last year, I come out and and, and take second. I got to the championship, lost in the championship, got a silver trophy. This is Yahoo Fantasy, by the way. This year, D Boy LTD Raiders start off. 0-3 for the season. I'm Damn. feeling like a tramp. Damn. I ain't never started off 0-3, not Ooh, even in my worst season. Rough. That was rough. So this year, I mean, this uh particular week, I played versus Bel Air Academy, who was 3-0, the complete opposite of me. And I took him out of the first place fight. He's now second place at 3-1. I bust his ass this week. I'm going to tell you <laughs> that right now. I had some very, very good... uh. I had some very, very good outings by um, who did I, I had Aaron Rodgers put up some good numbers. I think he threw for damn near 400 and some yards on Thursday, if I uh, am not mistaken. Alshon Jeffrey put up some good numbers. Ty Gurley went off. And uh, Hooper actually was damn near my star. So, uh, yeah, I just had some very good outings uh, from some of my guys. And for me to be on three and knock off the first place, Bel Air Academy at 3-0. I feel like he got to take an L and feel like shit. And I hope this is a turn in my season. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was a slow yeah. start. I mean, slow as you can get, right? 0-3, mm -hmm. I was starting to really question my uh, my skills and my tactics because I was really present for the draft. And I picked these guys that I feel like could compete. So uh, I'm glad Todd Gurley had his breakout uh his breakout showing for me, and I hope a few others join that club and that we continue this upwards trajectory now because I was very, very worried. So, Bel Air Swag, you took the L, and you are no longer undefeated. Thank you. Man, I'm mad as fuck you brought up fantasy football. Why, man? What you do, boo? I boo. How you boo? You don't even want to know. You don't even want to know how I just lost this past week. How you do it? So, I'm now 2-2. Two two. I should be 3-1. and one. 
Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, it's been pretty busy for me. I, I'll be straight up honest with you. you. I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot. I have two press conferences in the last week. I, I got my everyday job, my everyday work that I do. I got. I mean, I'm, I'm just a busy dude. I do a lot. And this week was one of the busier weeks. As I mentioned, we got this breakfast coming up as well. So that's another thing. I didn't even open my fantasy app this past week, right? T.Y. Hilton, he's been having a great season for me. He was questionable earlier in the week. I think I got might have gotten a Yahoo email because it's Yahoo Sports. I got a Yahoo yep, email, I'm on, I'm on it. but I never opened the app and did nothing about it. He ended up being out in Sunday's game. I didn't sub him out. I woke up Sunday morning at about ten thirty. Game started. The game started at ten oh five. He was already he was out, so I got a big fat whopping zero. Both of my other receivers played well enough to cover the difference of what I lost by. I lost by two fucking without points. even having a player act without even having a player active so had i benched him or just swapped him for, for one anybody, of my for anybody, anybody who was on my bench your defense could have got you more I would points be, than that too i would be three and one right now now i'm sitting at a three and one two sound and two. way better than it two sounds and two. much better than two and two i know what you mean so you? i'm sitting at two and two because i never opened the damn app until I realized, oh shit, it is football Sunday. <laughs> when I woke up Sunday and yeah, it was yeah. already too far gone, yeah. he ended up playing. He got a zero because he was out for that game. So that's why I'm mad that you brought up fantasy. But D boy, it's been a few weeks. Week week yeah, one transition week that right one, into our pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, I know, did you beat me? Do I owe you some I money? I beat you. 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 Ten, twelve, something. It was oh. something. We, we we didn't talk about. Num- we didn't talk numbers on the on the air, D boy. I think we should update. We, we didn't talk. We didn't talk. We didn't talk money on there, but I did win. I do know that much, and that's really probably to no surprise to you, myself, or anybody <laughs> oh, listening to this podcast. So, I'll give you a chance to to rebuttal this week. Like right, I said, the I'll last in the last two weeks, we haven't been able to do it because we've had guests on the last two episodes. So. Um, this week we'll just bring it back. Pouncey's picks. This is the new bonus segment on the Wake Up and Win podcast. First game, Rams at Seahawks. Who you going with? Rams. I'm going with the Seahawks. I I'm know going you with, is. I'm going with the 12th man. I'm going there with the 12th is. man. There it is. Um, next game, let's see. I'm, and I'm just picking them yeah. off the top. Um, next game, I want to go with the Bills at the Titans. Who you rolling with? Bills at the Titans. Bills at the Titans. I'm going with the Bills. You, are, I'm rolling with the Bills too. Yeah, right. um, next game, next game. Let's see here. Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders. Who you rocking with? The Oakland Raiders, baby. I'm rocking with the Chicago Bears. Just win, baby. I, I, just win, baby. I, I'm with that noise too. I wouldn't be mad if I had to pay you a little something because yeah. the Raiders was the difference, yeah. and uh, and me winning yeah, and losing this week, I'd happily hand yeah, that over to you. Might but but I'm rocking, with the, they, I'm rocking with the Bears. I'm rocking like you know. I'm rocking with the Bears. I I don't know their record. Off. I know they got a damn good defense though. They got one of the best defenses in the league, and you, the Raiders are gonna have to score against that. Um, Bears, oh, three and one. Three and one. Pretty damn good team. Pretty damn good team. But they ain't um, beat nobody. The Redskins, the Vikings, and the Broncos. But So we got three games so far. Okay, I know. I already see the next two I want. Packers at Cowboys. Who you rolling with? 
Mm. I'm going with the Packers because I got Aaron Rodgers on and a receiver on my. uh, Ooh, you going with the Packers, huh? I'm going with the Packs. I'm rolling with the Cowboys at Uh, home. Both teams three and one. That's gonna be a damn good game on Sunday. That might be the one that gets me. I'm glued to my seat for that one. That might get me. I'm glued to my seat for that one. Last game is going to be Monday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns at the San Francisco 49ers. Who you rolling with in that one? Cleveland Browns. You rolling with Cleveland? <laughs> the Niners ain't lost yet, though. That's why I'm rolling with Cleveland. I kind of feel, feel you. I kind of feel you. I kind of feel you. Fuck it, I'm rolling oh, they, with the they Niners. Had I'm rolling, they had a bye this past yeah, okay, week, so yeah, they're 3-0 so and and right now. Yeah. I'm rolling with the Niners. I'm going to roll with the Niners. I'm going to roll with the Niners. It's shaking up then. So, I don't remember none of the teams we just picked, it's but documented. Willis, it's documented right yeah. here over the micro, over the microphone, so the I'll listen back to it. Hungry. Yeah, I am hungry, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's another story. That's, <laughs> some time. that's dumb, huh? That's not what I'm hungry for. <laughs> but, D-Boy, tell them where to find you. I know you got your album out, all that good stuff. Talk to the people, man. Uh, D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y, but my album is not out on all platforms yet. I did just drop two songs from the album, no promo in the jungle, so y'all can go slap them. If you want hard copies, you can always tap in with me via Instagram, Twitter, or anything else at DBoyLTD. Once again, with an I, not a Y. The album is still coming to all streaming platforms soon. We had to make a couple of few adjustments and get this Trailblazer anthem updated and ready mm-hmm. because the season is around the corner, That's and that definitely, you know, took some some priority because that that thing get it going in there so uh we're gonna get that rocking and it will be uplo- uploaded on everything in the next week or two so just stay tuned and stick with me man and you know for me just search my name devon pouncey or you can add me pounce underscore station make sure that you give it your all and whatever it is that you do and we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win, win.